This is the Yob ConvoCast. One-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends? And welcome back to the Yob ConvoCast. Conversations with people within the Yob community, contributors or otherwise. And I'm excited to bring not just a contributor, but the newest contributor. I'm so excited. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm the editor of the community. I One of my favorite things, I wear many hats in Your Other Brothers, um, but I would say one of my favorite, if not my favorite, is uh, editing people's blogs on the site and just being able to hopefully recruit some people as well if I think they have awesome storytelling capabilities and uh, and just awesome stories to share. And this person has contributed a couple posts through the years. He's been on a few podcasts already. Um, but just recently, I invited him to to become a regular contributor to the site, which means we all win because now we just get more stories out of him, both on the blog and on the podcast. And I'm so glad we're going to talk about how both of those spheres of Yab intersect here today. It's our other brother, Alex. What's up, Alex? Hello, Tom. It's good to be here. Happy New Year. It's good to see you, brother. It's been it's been a minute. Um, yeah, it's just really cool to, to have you. You've been a part of our community for a few years now. You've been on a couple of retreats. You've written some guest posts. And um, and so I was just super excited when you said, yeah, I'll, I'll commit to that. I, I really appreciate your doing that. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I was thinking about it today. And believe it or not, fun fact, Tom, I reached out originally to you long ago in November of 2019 per my email account that wow. I reached out to you initially about your other brothers and saying that I was interested in writing for you. And look, here we are. <laughs> no way. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I did. That's cool. You know, here's a little behind the scenes because people have asked me that over the years. Like, what What? Do I, can I blog for, for Yab? And when we first started, it was a hard no. Like, we just... I, we were very select, or I'll just speak for myself. I was very selective just because I wanted to preserve the integrity of what we were. I didn't want to just have random people out there submitting things. I don't know who they are or what they're, what kind of life they're living or, or not really knowing anything about them. Um, and so it was just pretty much closed off to our original co-founders initially. And then we did a couple waves of like, okay, these people have been in the community for a year or two and I trust them and I've met them or I've seen them on Zoom a bunch. And so there's more of a trust there that I think they have. Um, they're going to represent Yab well with whatever they contribute. And so inviting them to participate. And then we've entered this like new phase where over the last couple of years, people who view our blog, they might notice that there's a lot of guest authors who have contributed. And those aren't just randos from them out of nowhere. Like those are all people that are in the community. And maybe they're not going to contribute on a long-term basis, but maybe just for the one or two stories they have to tell, they submit those. And sometimes I recruit that out of them. And sometimes they volunteer that and um, because the trust factor is there and because they've been in the community for a while, I've uh, put their posts on the site. And um, and so now we're in this like new hybrid era where it's like, I'm still going to do that for sure. I'm still going to be looking for guest contributors within our Yabbers community, um, but definitely looking to add more regular contributors as well because... Um, and I'm, I'll, I'm exhibit A on this is that I don't blog as often as I used to. I used to blog maybe a couple times a month or at least once a month. And now I'm lucky if I blog like every other month or every three months or something. <laughs> um, but it's cool just to have 
other people rising up. There's new stories to be told um, because some of us who have been in Yab from the beginning or for several years now, maybe we don't have as many stories to tell anymore, or we, we feel some blogging fatigue. Um, and so that's why I'm grateful for, for guys like Alex who are willing to answer the call and contribute some new stories because we, um, I'd love to have more regular, yeah, more regular contributors in the mix. So that's really cool. Just to tie a bow on that. That's really cool that you reached out about writing and the answer was probably not necessarily a no back then, but it was like a, a hang tight. Like if you stick around long enough and I think you have good stories to tell, then I think that could absolutely happen in the future. So here, here we are now, all these years later, what a fun, what a fun journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah, November, like I said, November of 2019, when I initially reached out and then I didn't officially join Yob until what, January of 2021, I think was, mm. uh, was, was the day, the day, because I also hopped on my first zoom call that first day too. So that was, I was, uh, you just jumped right in, dive right in, you know, <laughs> are you one of those people if the water's cold, will you just jump right into the water or do you inch your way in? Because there's two that's the two strategies of getting into icy cold water. Do you what do you what's your strategy for that? Uh I would normally one toe or my foot initially first, and then I just go for it. Like at some okay. point you just yeah. gotta jump in and you'll get over it. Um, especially here in California where the ocean is freezing all the time. Yeah. You're left with no time. choice but just jumping in at some point. I aspire, you know, I aspire to be more like that. I am definitely of the more tentative approach, both in, yeah, uh, all matters of life. Like I want to feel it out first and it's not wise in the realm of stepping into icy cold water. You just need to go for it. You just need to submerge. So, um, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did with Yob when, when, when you finally, when you finally took the plunge and joined us, joined us on Patreon. Shout out to the Patreoners, to the Yobbers. We, uh, we love Woo-hoo. you. Um, so Alex, this is cool. Something I'm going to do. I already told you as, as a guinea pig, guinea hedgehog. I know you love hedgehogs. Um, <laughs> something, something that I've done a couple, it's, it's happened once or twice. It hasn't happened often, but sometimes someone's written a blog and, and then like fairly recent, fairly soon after that, I brought them on the Convocast to talk about the blog and kind of add another dimension to it and just kind of build this connection. Cause a lot of people might listen to our podcast. I know this is a fact that some people listen to our podcast. They subscribe to us on Spotify or Stitcher or Overcast or Apple Podcasts or whatever. And that's all, that's the only job content they consume. They don't even like click onto our website. They don't read our blog. They don't, you know, access videos or access our community page or anything like that. So, and that's totally fine. If that's you, we love you, mm-hmm. but we want more out of you. We want, we want to like enhance <laughs> your job experience because there's this whole other world, the blog, um, where all these stories happen as well, in addition to the podcast. And so, and vice versa for that matter, I'm sure people listen to the blog and they don't, or they read the blog and they don't really listen to podcasts because when are they going to have time to do that? So, mm-hmm. um, so something I want to try this year, more of this year here in 2024, the year of our precious Lord. I want to kind of create more of a bridge between these two worlds, the blog world and the podcast world. And, um, and yeah, just create episodes that kind of build off of blogs that were written or vice versa, maybe for that matter, maybe, maybe in the future, someone will come on a Convocast and that inspires a blog that they want to write. Um, and so this, this episode of the Convocast will be linked on one of your blogs, Alex, that you wrote. So we're going to talk about that in a second, though, because before we get to your first official post as a regular contributor with your other brothers, um, there was we had a retreat a few months ago. And I guess this is the official closing of retreat talk, because I know we just brought on Matt last uh, last episode to, to discuss the retreat. 
And now here we are doing it again. But you wrote a guest post about the retreat. But something more, more of note that I wanted to talk about with you was that your mom wrote a post, <laughs> which we don't get that too often. In fact, the first time that's ever happened, a mom of one of our brothers uh, wrote a wrote a guest post for our site. So I would love to just quickly hear about that. Like, what was that like for you? Did she initially? It wasn't a blog post. Like, it was a just a reflection that she wrote, right? For the for you or for the, us to read, or, or I don't know. I just would. I'd love to learn the origin story of your mom writing a guest blog for your other brothers. Right. So, for those of you who don't know, um, my mother's amazing. She's great. I love her <laughs> to death. Um, she over the past couple of years, as I've learned a lot about myself and uh, my sexuality and how that, you know, is reconciled with my faith. She's been super, super patient with me and wanting to learn how to support me, how to love me well. She's done that through reading several books I've sent her. And yes, I've been sending her side B books and it's wonderful. Uh, I sent her Single Gay Christian by Greg Coles and War of Loves by David Bennett. And so there are plenty of conversations we've had about it. We've had, um, you know, a lot of good time to process through things, to talk through things. Um, she wasn't quite sure how she felt about it at first, of course, but over the years, she's just become, as always, my biggest champion. And I love my mom absolutely to death. I'll probably say that more times as we go through this conversation. Um, but anyway, so the origin of her writing a reflection was the fact that because our retreat was in my home state of Georgia this past year, uh, I was able to go see my folks and spend time with my family before retreat, as well as bring my mom to our pre-retreat lunch and letting her get to meet a bunch of us fellow yobbers and, you know, getting to introduce her to the boys, which I was so excited about. She was very nervous about it at first, but once she met the guys, it kind of in her words, it kind of melted away and she started to really feel comfortable around us. And, you know, she really loved seeing uh, us interact with one another as well as seeing me interact with the other guys. It was it was her first time seeing that and me and seeing me be in that kind of environment and that kind of sphere. And I think probably the most impactful thing for her and the thing that really got her thinking was when she dropped me off at camp. Yes, she dropped me off at camp at the retreat like I was a little boy. It was wonderful. I still chuckle about it. Uh, the thing that she really took away from it was one of our fellow Yavers said to her on her way out, thank you for showing us what a healthy mother-son relationship looks like. And she literally had like an hour drive back home and she was thinking about it the whole time. And then proceeded to think about it the rest of the weekend while I was gone. And after, you know, coming back to pick me up with my dad and meeting everybody else uh, before taking me to the airport. And that was Sunday. And so I go back to work Monday morning and I'm sitting at the desk at work and I get a, an email from my mom saying that she had written her own reflections of a retreat from the heart of a mom. And I cried at my desk that morning as my students were about to walk in the door and I was not expecting it. It was entirely unexpected. And I understand where I get my writing and storytelling from as I get it from her. So, yeah. So that's kind of the origin of how and why she wrote it. Cause she was just so just overwhelmed with 
just admiration for for our community and thankfulness for God providing that for me, um, as well as providing it for for all of us here at Your Other Brothers. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool to meet her because she we've never had that happen before. You know, we've done five retreats now and never met a Yabers mom and or dad. Your dad was there too, so that was another thing on on that back end of the retreat. We got to meet your dad. Um, and it was really cool just to have that dynamic of just uh, a parent in the room and just to see kind of to, to echo what that other Yabra told you to see this dynamic of a mom because not everybody there would be comfortable or would have like a sense of uh, appreciation or comfortability with that dynamic of having a parent in the room, even if it's just to drop you off or to pick you up, even just like if it was it was in passing, let alone spending an entire lunch um, with us before the retreat started. So, um, so that dynamic was really cool to just witness and, and be a part of to, cause I've met a few Yabbers parents now. Like it's, I kind of, I love the dynamic of seeing where, where all of us come from. So I've, I've met quite a few Yabbers parents at this point. And so it's really fun to add your, add your name to the list of that. Um, and I just remember when you shared that with our community, cause she sent it to you and then you shared it with us. Um, and then not too long after that, I asked you like, Hey, could you ask your mom if that's something that she'd be comfortable having on our website? Because I think it's really interesting. It was like great timing, honestly, because we've been, we have leadership discussions every month and it's been something that's come up a time or two here and there about getting more female perspectives on our site. Obviously we're, we're hopeful of becoming your other sisters. That's, that's another conversation for another day. And that's a whole other collection of stories that we hope to, to have in store in the future. Um, but stuff like, yeah, mom, a, a mom's perspective of having a gay or a queer son or, um, or something that I'm looking for more of potentially is like someone that's a wife in a mixed orientation marriage of someone in our community and getting that mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. um, would be awesome to have as well. And, um, you know, so it's just, it was really great timing when, when that came along and she, she agreed to it. And ultimately I wanted you to agree to it too. Um, and make sure you guys were both comfortable with that. And so now, now it's out there and it's, uh, it was a blessing it was a blessing to read is a blessing to put together and put on the site. Um, and it'll be linked as always, any, any blogs we reference will be linked in the notes for this episode. So if anyone missed it or you want to read it again, uh, you can check it out. It was really, really cool. So Pass along, pass along the gratitude to your mom for me and for all of us, Alex. Of course. I'll probably be calling her sometime this afternoon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I say hey. Of course. Yeah. Well, let's get to the main event because that was just that's just the setup, Alex. That's that's not mm-hmm. even the main blog that we're here to talk about. Um, so you actually submitted this post months and months and months ago, and I appreciate your patience as I have craziness in my life getting to other things. Um, but it worked out really well, I think, for this to be your first official post as a regular contributor, because it was a great, like, dynamic. This was like, I, I commented on the post, I don't know if you saw it, but I, I commented along the lines of this is like such a yabby, a yabby post that that mixes together sexuality and masculinity and relationships, like all of those kind of things that are such a heartbeat of the stories in our community. Um, so the blog you wrote, The Healing Power of Holding Hands with Another Man, this will be linked as well in the episode. And you started it off with a great little quote from Leah, I'm going to say his name, Leo F. Buscaglia. Is that how you say it? Is that, do you know this person? Or did you just uh, find this quote somewhere? I found this quote online. So Okay, Buscaglia. We're going to go with Buscaglia. Buscaglia, yes. one of those. Yes. Um, but Leo wrote, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential 
to turn a life around. Um, and so in this post, you talk about the, the value of physical touch. You reference the, the, the four T's and the church podcast, which we've referenced a few times over the years. And you have a link to, to that in there. And just like the value, essentially the value of physical touch for all people, but particularly through the lens of, yeah, a queer person who desires touch as, as a conduit toward love, expressing love and receiving love, um, in healthy ways. And, and how do we like cross that divide in America? There might be someone listening to this in a part of the world where masculine touch is way more common or way more normalized, um, than it is maybe here in America or certain parts of America, certainly. Um, and so, so it's just like a little bit of a, a glimpse into the window of this desire for touch and touch between, yeah, a, a queer person and a straight person. And how does that look like in a healthy platonic yet also intimate way? And so you've heard about these two guys and I'm pretty sure, didn't I meet the first one that you talked about? I met him. Did I not? You've met both of them actually. <laughs> I was like, I know for sure. I was like 89% sure I met the first guy you talked about, Dan. And then the other one, Jesse, I was like, I was trying to remember if I also met him. Because I met a couple of your friends when I visited you last year um, out there in the City of Angels. Got to give a shout out to the City of Angels. Um, And so I was trying to remember. Okay, so that adds, that helps me like get greater context just from a personal level of my my own Mm -hmm. interaction with this post. Um, but you wrote about this post. I'm curious, my first question right off the bat, because we're going we're gonna to talk about each of those stories real quick in just a second. But my first question is, did you bring this up with either of them that you would be writing about these experiences? Was it just like, I'm just going to write about it and tell them later after the fact? Or do they not know that it even exists? Like, what's what's the behind the scenes scoop on writing about these these like really intimate little experiences with these two friends of yours? So yeah, I, I did reach out to them. I, when I was first writing this, I was actually on a trip, uh, writing this on a train of all places. That sounds totally like the perfect conduit for writing things. That's my dream. It's so great. You ought to try it. Um, you won't go back, but anyway, <laughs> so I was writing this blog on the train trip and in and out of cell service, I asked both of them if, you know, since I was writing a blog about this specific subject, if they were cool with me using their names, and both of them said yes. So they are both aware. And as soon as this was posted, I also texted both of them with the link. So they both know. And they have both probably read it now. I know Jesse probably has read it at this point. Um, but yeah, no. So it's, they are very much made aware. And yeah, I love them for for being so willing to, you know, have me tell these stories. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, I always wonder about that, about how people uh, on our blog, if they if they mention these things to their friends or family members that they write about, because some do and some don't, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I just, I'm, I was curious about that right off the bat. Okay, so um, I want to focus, you told the story of Dan first about you were talking to him about physical touch, like that was the topic of your conversation um, you had sent him that link to the podcast about uh, about physical touch and just the meaning, the meaningfulness of it. Something that I just really that 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 I gravitated toward, or something that I noticed, was that you you expressed that the value, basically, you expressed the value 
of what his hugs meant to you. Because my sense is, you know, I'm not a straight man, so I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. My my sense is that probably a lot of straight men are comfortable giving hugs. Like maybe maybe that's not like at the tip of their mind as far as how I'm going to show love to my friends. Like, yeah, if, if we hug, we hug. And it's it may not be more than a half second long, but it was a hug nonetheless. Um, and so my, my thought is just from limited conversations I've had with straight men is that that's not maybe something they think a lot about, like maybe whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable with physical touch or not, like they will give someone a hug, but not really think anything about it. And what I thought was really profound and something that I resonated with from reading your blog was that just expressing to the straight person who may not think much of it, just to tell them straight up to their face, like, yeah, you know, your hugs mean a lot to me that that showing of physical touch, whether it's a half a second long or three seconds long or five seconds long, however long the hug lasts or whatever the, the shoulder, the shoulder tap or the fist bump or whatever the, t the touch quotient is in your relationship. Um, like it has meaning. It's not just a passing thing that you do as a customary greeting and or a customary parting. Um, like there's actually value, deep, deep value in that. Um, and so I really appreciated your expressing that to him because I get the sense that in my life and hope, hopefully a lot of people's lives that are listening, um, that's probably something we could stand to do more often with people like just like telling them like, oh yeah, when you do that thing, it doesn't have to be even physical touch. It could be any any form of of showing love and care to somebody. But when you do that thing, I really appreciate it when you do that. And I think that's that's just super profound. It's so simple, but I think we can overlook that sometimes <laughs> so so that was something that i that i noticed right off the bat when you told him that yeah it's definitely i do agree it's something that so many of us just overlook in terms of just how how we communicate in terms of relationships like the we get so caught up in the just the normal cadence of you know life and craziness and work and just normal conversation and just like, oh, how was work? Oh, work was great or whatever. This person's annoying me or, you know, you know, I got a raise or, you know, all this stuff. And then it's like we don't even know what it looks like to even communicate like our needs to each other, let alone like communicate how something someone else does, how that impacts us and how that is. uh how that's something that is even enjoyable to us. Like I love the conversation of like the love languages and being able to like talk about how each person receives love. And at first I thought, you know, that's just how, you know, the conversation of like, Oh, that's how I receive love. But then it's like, no, there's also the other side of like, that's how I give love too. So for me specifically, I love receiving physical touch and I love giving it. Um, it's, you know, it's a twofold thing for me. And so, but like being able to have those conversations with people and being able to be like, okay, what is the best way that you, uh, you, that you receive love? Because obviously I've met many people who are like, I am not a physical touch person. And I'm like, I totally understand. I will give you your space. Um, but just know I love giving it. And so that's like, we need to get to a compromise here of at least something. Um, but at the same time, them communicating like that they are a words of affirmation person, that that is like how they receive love, how they receive encouragement, or they're an acts of service person. Like they, they're really blessed by you serving them in whatever capacity 
that you can, whether it's like just unprompted, like washing, helping them wash dishes after eating dinner with them or like helping them clean up something or helping them organize their garage. Like it could be something even small like that. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be touched, but it's, it's cool to actually have those conversations and be like, okay, this is actually how, what it looks like to love someone well is to actually ask them about it, you know, actually ask yeah. and, and also tell them like, Hey, you doing this for me makes me feel seen. It makes me feel valued and cared for. And I want you to know that because I love you and I care about you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so simple yet so profound when you, when we communicate those, uh, how the love languages all, all impact us and all affect us. So I was just really curious because I guess spoiler alert, but there's no way to not spoil the listening audience if they haven't already read the blog. Hopefully they'll be clicking over and reading the blog um, if they haven't already read it. But, but so you have, you're having this conversation about physical touch with Dan. Um, and then you just, you write about how he reaches across the table and holds your hand and listeners may i may i say my breath was was taken away i was like what is happening <laughs> it was it was like what is happening so tell me what was going through your mind i mean you wrote about it but tell me like so that was that just like totally out of nowhere would you were you expecting something like that to happen or like what yeah what were you feeling when he reached across the table to hold your hand in this conversation i mean for starters uh I will say I was I was quite nervous because we're in the middle of a, of, a, of a restaurant here. You are in the middle of a restaurant, yeah. It's Los Angeles. There's right. probably lots of people around. Yeah, yeah. Right. Granted, it was a small pizza restaurant, so we we're like one of maybe four or five people in there total. Um, and he just like reaches across the table and you know offers his hand, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, start holding his hand, and then there's like this. As like we're talking and, you know, he's still holding my hand as we're talking, by the way. Um, it's like. There's like this nagging sense of nervousness in me as I'm like, oh, my God. What if someone walks in, what are they going to think? Because um, I'm like, I know he's straight as an arrow. OK, like he's he's not he doesn't uh, play for that team whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> but it's like. Well, it's always the outward perception for me that like kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was nervous. I will say I was a little nervous, um, but then I got over it because I, I realized just how, how intentional he was being and how like forward he was being with showing his affection for me. Yeah. What was like the, the impetus for that? Like, was it a little bit of shock value of like, I'm going to be really bold right now and show him that I'm not afraid of physical touch or that I hear what he's saying and I'm going to like reciprocate that. Like what was, what was the, yeah. What, what could you read from that situation being, being on the receiving end of that? I, I feel like it was, yeah, it was, it was more of like really showing and experiencing kind of what I was talking about with him, like the importance of it to me and how, um, yeah. And how it was like, how I was really growing through that process and really, and learning to talk to people about it, learning to communicate that with my brothers in Christ and being able to be like, Hey, like, this is how I receive love. And I realized that like, for me specifically, it's really, it's really impactful. I don't know why um, it hits me as, you know, hard as it does, but it just, it, it blesses me in a way that is 
that I'm sure other physical touch people can understand, like that it also like it just hits the core of you for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I feel like that was him offering that to me as a way of like, like I see you and I understand you and I want to, I want to bless you and I want to be there, you know, with you and be present with you and, and really show you in the way that you receive love that you are loved. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I have all kinds of fears and insecurities about PDA or public displays of affection and just like the perception. I feel like you and I have a similar vantage point from that. Cause that's, that would have been in my mind too. I would have been like, Oh my gosh, who, who is watching right now? So yeah, I mean, that was a powerful, powerful, uh, experience that you, that you talked about there. Um, and contrast that with, or compare it with rather your, your story with Jesse, which followed right after that. Um, I love how, you described how he describes the friendship saying that he's a lifer that is like, there's nothing you can do that you can get rid of him. Essentially. Is that the, like the connotation of it? Like, like you're mm-hmm. basically stuck with him yeah, <laughs> for better yeah. or worse. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that description A lifer. I'm sure there are people listening that have some lifers out there that, you know, you're like it or not, you're stuck with this person in, in a, in a good way. It's kind of like mm-hmm. in a, in a joking sort of uh, connotation there. Um, but yeah, this one, this one's interesting because in the first story, you talked about receiving this unexpected touch from your friend, Dan. Um, whereas in this one, you initiate the touch with your friend, Jesse. And so it's, I love, I love that in one blog post, we get to see both sides of this receiving of touch and then also the expressing of, of touch. And so, so yeah, you got, you're with him, you're with Jesse in a park and you're walking through a park or alongside a river you write about and, and like, what's going through your mind because you talk about extending your hand and I really want to get inside your mind for a little bit of like, what's like, yeah, you're spending this time with him. Like, why do you want to extend your hand to him and what's going through your mind in that, in that moment? Ooh, yeah, that was, that was quite the, quite the day. Um, yeah, it was, it was really special because we hadn't seen each other in so long. It had been, oh man, I feel like months, maybe several months or something of that nature, maybe a month or two. I don't, I don't know. I just know it was a long time since I had actually seen him in person. Um, and so we, you know, we planned just meeting up with each other and getting to hang out. Um, I remember I brought Chick-fil-A that morning as well as uh, some little macaron desserts, which are lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll have to take you there next time you're in town, Tom. You'll love them. Uh, but anyway, so we're you know catching up and you know at this picnic table, eating breakfast and all this stuff uh, before taking off on a walk around the area just to catch up and just to talk. Um, and as we're walking, we yeah we're just constantly like going up this path that's like. So I say river, but what I mean by that in the middle of Los Angeles is the LA River. <laughs> this this little park um, is right next to this big bridge that goes across the LA River, and then alongside of it, on both sides, there's walking trails on both sides, and so people ride their bikes. People even ride horses out there, by the way. Um, and technically, you can go all up and down the uh, the side there. And so we're on we're walking up and down both sides just kind of exploring because we've never been to this park or whatever before so um 
as as he and I are both very adventurous in soul as well. Um, he's gone with me on many hikes, and we've done many. Some would say risky things to see waterfalls and stuff. So, um, so yeah, he and I are, are are two peas in a pod when it comes to that. But as we're walking, um, I just remember like again, this is like one of my best friends. I love this guy to death. We've been through a lot together, and as we're just catching up and talking and it being so long. Um, I think the, the, the absolute truth of the saying absence makes the heart grow fonder of like, I really miss this guy. I really did. And I really miss spending time with him, hearing his voice and getting to hear about his life and being encouraged by him, hearing about what the Lord's doing in his life. Like the whole thing, all of it was just like, I was just living in the moment. And I was just so just overwhelmed with just affection and care for my friend and my brother. And I just remember the thought crossing my mind, like one of those really weird intrusive thoughts being like, I want to hold his hand. And then the, the spiral of my mind started to go, wait, why do you want to hold his hand? Like, are you going to do it here in public? Like there's people on the trail. What are they going to think? Are they going to think y'all are a couple? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm less like, uh, so probably about 10 or 15 minutes worth of like stress induced, like spiraling of thoughts happen as we're like walking next to each other. Um, and then at some point I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try. I'm going to reach out because I care for him very much. I love my brother. I love my friend. And I want to show him that I, I really do, that I really do care about him. And he's also a physical touch kind of person too. Um, so he, he gives the best hugs. I love his hugs. Um, and so Take I- Take that, Dan. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, both of them- I'm trying to create some drama. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. Um, you just said he gives the best hugs, which therefore means Dan does not. <laughs> Oh, both of them give the best hugs. If you, either of you are listening to this right okay. now, okay, don't get any, don't go to war. Shout out to Dan and Jesse. <laughs> please, please don't. Um, and Or don't Continue. come for me either, please. He gives really great hugs. And and so you, you also, you, so you know, you, there's a similar wavelength there as far as an appreciation for touch. Yeah, yeah. And so I, again, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to do it now. Three, two, one. Okay. 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 One, one more time. One more time. Three, two, one. And then just offering it out. You know what that reminds me of? You, you just, cause I can totally get the, the process of that. It's like when, when the alarm goes off in the morning and you're trying to just be in bed as much as you possibly can in your mind you're like okay three two one i'm getting up now and i'm not i'm still lying in bed no, okay no. three two one i'm gonna get up now no i'm gonna turn i'm gonna stretch <laughs> a little bit i'm gonna yes really absorb this so i resonate with that like uh that hesitancy there's a determination but also a hesitancy that are like there's got to be a good word for that where both of those things are simultaneously happening um but then okay so you stick it out and that that was how my visual for this story was that your hand is hanging out there like in limbo and like is that is that the visual that it's just hanging out there in limbo and that he's got to then match you or do you grab his hand like that's i needed some clarity on the scene there uh i i did not grab his hand 
Um, okay. I, I offered it like I mean, we're walking next to each other. I just, you know, kind of offer it out there. And in your mind, you would think it would last. That moment would last for like an eternity of like, oh, God, is he actually going <laughs> to grab it? <laughs> is this actually going to be a thing? Um, and then in typical Jesse fashion, it looks at me, smiles. And then pretty quickly thereafter, just grabs my hand as we continue walking mm. up up the path. So, yeah, it was like there was, again, that moment of like anxious hesitation and then just going for it. Like like we said earlier, just jumping in the ice cold water, just like going for it and then like waiting to see what happens. And it, yeah, ended up being such a blessing to me. Uh, and I hope, you know, I would like to think it was a blessing for him too, um, in terms of just showing our mutual love and affection and adoration for one another as friends. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. So when, cause it was, you said it so quickly. So when he held your, when he held your hand after you extended it, like, was it, was the matter discussed about what was happening or was it just like, oh, okay, we're holding hands now and we're just going to continue discussing whatever we were discussing and walking as we were walking like what was what was his vantage point after you after he held your hand honestly i feel like we just went with it i feel like just there was okay. yeah there was there may have been i mean this was a while ago um and normally i have a really good memory so i should remember this um i'm sorry jesse but um i feel like i feel like we just kind of went with it we just kept walking we just kind of continued the rhythm of our conversation as we went, uh, I mean, there may have been a mention of it, um, between us, but like, yeah, it was just, it was just kind of, kind of was the thing. And I was just like, just there and grateful for him to, you know, share that with me. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think something that I wanted to ask is like, so in that moment, obviously there's a lot of anxious anxiety and hesitation. Um, and so I was curious, like when you were debating whether to do it or not to do it, were you, I mean, obviously you were thinking about the public reaction because you were in a public place. So that was part of it. Um, but I was curious if you had any doubts about his reaction. Like, did you think, not that he would outright reject you because it, it sounds like you have a good bond and a good friendship. And if you know that he's into physical touch a little bit, that maybe it's not like he's not going to like reject you as a friend or reject you as a person or whatever. But, but did you worry maybe that there would be a response of like, sort of like a thanks, but no thanks. Like, oh yeah, I see what you're trying to do. And, and I, I don't want to make you feel weird about it, but I don't really want to do that in public. Like, were you worried about that kind of a reaction or yeah, I was just curious. What was, where, where was the hesitation coming from with that initiation of, of handholding with him? Yeah, I, it's, I would definitely say that was that may have been something that crossed my mind it was mostly like the public perception thing um okay. of like i don't want him i don't want to put him in an awkward position of like appearing like you know being holding hands with another guy in public like for some people that's like very like again presentation is everything for some people and so i wasn't sure you know what his you know what that response would be to that and at the same time, there's always, you know, I, the anxiety of myself being like, am I showing too much affection in public? Like, I, you know, I obviously love people, but like, and I love hugging people, but like sitting 
like in a public place, like with my arm around someone, like if we're sitting on a bench or something and I've got my arm around someone's shoulders or like even holding someone's hand in public like that, to me, that's still, there's still the nervousness of like how I will be perceived. Um, and in terms of like, even if it's someone who like knows me and knows me well, like having to explain, like, I feel like there's part of me that like is put on the defense of like having to explain myself and be like, I'm not doing something bad here. I'm showing my friend how much I love them. And I'm doing that through the act of holding their hand. Like, that's how I want to do it. And I, I'm always hesitant because I'm scared that I have to explain myself to somebody. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I do think like by and large, I've had people tell me this many times over the years. I think by and large, everybody else, like they might turn and look at you for half a second, two seconds, but like everybody else is living their life and they have a million things going on in their mind. Like the last thing they're going to do is like all of a sudden forget about what they're doing in the park or what they're doing in the pizza restaurant or whatever. And just like all of a sudden they're like not going to think about anything else, but whoever's in front of them for, for this like passing moment in time. Um, and so I think, I think that's like one thing that I think about with, with reading the the touch in public places um, aspect of this, because then I think there's the other insecurity. I feel, I feel both sides of this. Like there's also the insecurity of um, initiating that kind of touch or receiving that kind of touch in private and like feeling like, Oh no, like we're behind closed doors and nobody else is mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like it's like this clandestine, like nefarious thing that's happening because we're having a moment of physical touch with no one else in the room. Like, where is this going? Or or what does he think? Where does he think this is going? And so I could see it being like a no win situation. If you look at it from both sides of like, Oh, if there's nobody around or if there's lots of people around. And, and so then there's like the mind games of how, how can I just express physical, healthy physical touch with, with another, with another man. And so, um, so I was I was kind of feeling both sides of that as far as like where where is the ideal scenario or the ideal place for physical touch because um, whether you're alone or whether you're with other people like I think there's always going to be a perception thing of how either other people are perceiving it or how the other person's perceiving it and so I just think I just think you exemplified great communication in all of all of these stories and so it was just really cool to 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 read both of them and to yeah to have met both of these friends is really cool for me too just to to know who they are and to have put a name to a face and to be able to to connect that so um yeah i don't know i just again shout out i joked about it earlier but shout out to those guys thanks for for their inclusion on our little our our fun little website what a what an honor for them <laughs> yeah i yeah like i said they're two of my best friends i i love them to pieces i I'm just blessed and grateful that God brought them into my life to be an encouragement to me and to continually, yeah, continually be brothers and in the faith and in my life. I, I love them. I love you all. Shout out to y'all. You hear me? I love you. (laughs) Very nice. And Alex, you give pretty great hugs too. Not to sell, not to sell yourself short. Gotta throw yourself in the (laughs) ring as well. So listeners, if you haven't read the blog or commented on it, we would love some comments. Go go over to our website, yourotherbrothers.com, and the link will be in the episode notes. Um, comment on the stories and share some of your own hand-holding physical touch, like moment of truth 
stories like i would love to because i know there are many others out there i just know i know there's there are moments where you can resonate with what alex was saying like you were counting down in your mind three two one i'm going to do this or i'm going to say i'm going to ask for permission to do this or or do this thing that i've been wanting to do that is a healthy way to express physical touch and love with my male friends so um i would love to read more of those stories over there as would alex so please Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. And if you want to talk to Alex, if you want to reach out to him, you know, he's got a shiny new Your Other Brothers email address now. So you can email oh, yes. him alex at yourotherbrothers.com and he would love to hear from you. Oh, yes. Feel free. He'll respond within three to five business days. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. That's always the hope. The ho- and I, I have to preach to myself there about three to five business days to respond. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm getting... I'm, hopefully getting better at that. Alex, thank you for jumping on, not only writing the blog, but coming on the podcast to talk about it. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me as always. And I'm so excited to more actively tell stories with y'all. Like I'm very excited about it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you for being the Guinea hedgehog to, (laughs) to uh, test out this, this little process. I think we'll do it more often this year with people writing blogs on our site and just getting, getting a little audio companion. So so I'll put this podcast link in Alex's post as well so people can read the post and then listen to the podcast or listen to this podcast and then read his post and all of it Woo-hoo. cycles into one another. So it'll be awesome. Um, looking forward to your next little contribution, Alex, whenever you can get to it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to just a great year ahead. We're off to a strong start on the website with, uh, with new blogs and podcasts as we talk about all these matters relating to our faith and sexuality and masculinity, putting it all together. So until we cast our next convo, y'all, see you next time. Bye, Alex. Bye-bye. <laughs> Maybe instead of guinea pig, you're the, you're the guinea hedgehog, right? <laughs> it's another... Yes. Is a hedgehog a rodent or is it not a rodent? I don't not, think they're it, rodents. I don't think they are. I think they're a different family now you have me googling it real quick just to confirm because <laughs> i would not be doing my due this diligence no they are not rodents they are uh rodents are in the rodentia family and hedgehogs mm, are course. in the let's see erinacidae family erinacidae yeah I bet you there's got to be one zoologist out there listening who knew that right off the bat. Oh. Like, they were like, no, hedgehogs aren't rodents. I'm sure. They're in the blah, 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 blah family. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we yeah, I'm glad we covered that up. We always love to be educational on the show as much as we can. We try to be. Give, some, give the people some some Jeopardy knowledge if they need it in the future. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Just something to file away in your in your memory palace, you know. <laughs>